Time to express yourself. Where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be the Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. The history of the universe is in effect, a huge and ongoing quantum computation. The universe is a quantum computer, said Lloyd. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airways as an outreach service of the Be The Story Work charity a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate by being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.org. That's www.btsya.org. Every dollar counts, and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music. iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. Salutations! I'm Kirthi, your host for today's show. We're going to dive into the world, the quantum computer. Anyway... In segment one, it'll be yours truly introducing quantum computing, our topic for today's show. In our second segment, we'll be having Adelina Chow talking to us about her research in quantum computing. In our last segment, we will have our reporter, Lori. Well, we meet again. It seems that all of you have to listen to me droning on and on and pathetically attempting to be funny every single week. Nerd Extraordinaire is just but a mere memory fading away in the wind. Well, you know when we're going to change that? Not today. Oh, what a woe. But tell me, could you connect debate with quantum computing? Yeah, that's what I thought. Anyway, as customary, back onto the hamster wheel of staying on topic. Ladies and gentlemen, Esteemed guests and curious minds, today I'm here to talk about something that sounds like it's straight out of a sci-fi movie, but it's very real. Quantum computing. Now, I promise not to bore you with a lecture on complex algorithms and qubits, but instead, we'll take a journey into the fascinating world of quantum computing with a twist of humor and intrigue. Imagine a computer that can solve complex problems faster than you can say quantum entanglement. Quantum computing is like the superhero of the tech world. It's like having a computer that, that can do a gazillion calculations at once, all while juggling quantum cats, which are simultaneously dead and alive. Yes, Schrodinger would be baffled. Now, you might be wondering, what's the big deal? My laptop is pretty fast already. Well, let me put it this way. 
your laptop is like a horse and a buggy, while quantum computers are like Millennium Falcon. They're so fast, they make the speed of light look like a leisurely stroll in the park. But here's where it gets funny and a little mind-boggling. In classical computing, we use bits, those binary digits which are zeros and ones. Quantum computing, however, uses qubits. These qubits can exist in multiple states at the same time, thanks to a phenomenon called superposition. So, if your qubit was a person, they'd be the best multitasker in the office, doing a hundred things at once and still having time to catch up on Netflix. And here's the punchline. These qubits are like your indecisive friend who can't make up their mind. Imagine them in a restaurant, ordering everything in the menu and none of it at the same time. They're both a vegetarian and a steak lover at once, thanks to superposition. If only they could choose a dish faster, then a quantum computer can solve complex equations. Quantum computing is also the master of quantum entanglement. When two qubits are entangled, charging, changing the state of one instantly affects the other, no matter how far apart they are. It's like having a secret handshake with someone on the other side of the world. You do a little dance, and they start doing the moonwalk, just because you did. It's like a cosmic game of copycat. But before you get too excited, there's a tiny catch. These quantum computers are incredibly sensitive. Just a whisper of heat or a gentle nudge of electromagnetic radiation, they can go haywire. It's like they're allergic to interference. So while they may be faster than Zane Bolt on roller skates, they're also as delicate as a porcelain teacup in an earthquake. In conclusion, quantum computing is like the rock star of the tech world with its crazy speed, mind-bending qubits, and cosmic entanglement dances. But like any rock star, it has its quirks and vulnerabilities. So while we're not all going to have quantum laptops in our pockets anytime soon, we can still marvel at the incredible world of quantum computing and its endless possibilities. Now, I don't know why I said in conclusion, because that's not the conclusion. We're going to talk a little bit more and dive a little bit deeper into the quantum computing rabbit hole, where the rules of the universe seem to go all wonky and things get even more amusing. One of the fascinating aspects of quantum computing is its ability to tunnel through problems. You see, in the classical world, if you encounter a wall, you have to go around or over it, but quantum computers can tunnel right through it. It's like they've got Harry Potter's invisibility cloak on. Just imagine your quantum computer saying, Oh, there's a problem? No worries, I'll just tunnel through it like a quantum ghost. And then there's quantum teleportation. No, I'm not talking about Star Trek. Quantum teleportation allows you to transmit information from one place to another without anything physical moving. It's like having the power to send your pizza from the kitchen to your living room without a single slice falling off. It's the ultimate lazy person's dream come true. Now, I have to mention the quantum supremacy concept. It's not a plot to take over the world, but it does sound like something straight out of a sci-fi villain's handbook. Quantum supremacy is the moment when a quantum computer outperforms the most powerful classical supercomputer. It's like the quantum computer is saying, I am your father of classical computing. And let's not forget about quantum cryptography. It's like having secret codes that are so secure and even, and the cleverest hackers in the world would need a time machine to crack them. It's the ultimate hide-and-seek game of ones and zeros in the quantum realm. But, as with 
all great technologies. There are skeptics and naysayers. Some people fear that the quantum computing could crack all existing encryption methods, which could be a bit like giving the keys to Fort Knox to a curious toddler. So, while quantum computing has the power to unlock incredible potential, it also has the responsibility to safeguard the digital fortresses we've built. In the end, quantum computing is wild, fantastic, and it's a sometimes hilarious journey to the quantum world. It's like a magic show where bunnies turn into quantum particles, and you're left wondering, how on earth did that just happen? So, whether you're excited, baffled, or just amused by the quirks of quantum computing, one thing is for sure. It's a technological roller coaster that we're all strapped onto, ready for the most exhilarating ride of our digital lives. Remember, quantum computing is not just the future. It's the future wrapped in a cosmic riddle, presented with a sprinkle of humor. Thank you for listening, and remember, if a quantum computer orders too much food at the restaurant, just blame it on quantum entanglement. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this segment, and I hope you enjoyed me droning on and on about quantum computing. Make sure you stay tuned for our next segment, where I'll explain more about quantum computing, and my guest, our special little team guest, is going to be here talking about her research on quantum computing. We want to hear your thoughts, and we want to answer your questions. So email us at info at bethestoryor.org. That's info at bethestoryor.org. Check out our radio site at www.expressyourselfteamradio.com and our creative community site at www.bethestoryouare.org. You can get involved with Be The Story You Are charity, buy books and t-shirts in our store, sign up for our free newsletter, and make a donation to Be The Story You Are. Birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel find out what makes the most successful people tick keep listening to the voice america empowerment channel voice america empowerment.com You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. 
For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. Right now, we have Adelina Chow, our guest for today's show. Welcome, Adelina. Adelina is a high school senior from San Jose with a deep passion for quantum computing and machine learning. As an active researcher in both fields, she has most notably conducted research in quantum machine learning for drug discovery and computational microscopy, and has accumulated her work in four conference proceedings and two papers. Outside of research, she serves as the president of her school's computer science club and the Chinese culture club, vice president of business club, and head of business of the FRC team 1351. Having organized gender-focused hackathons Horizon and Spark, she is deeply committed to promoting gender diversity in engineering. Ultimately, with anything she does, she is always striving to make the world a better place. Quantum computing is a budding field that has been receiving a lot of attention recently due to its immense potential for solving complex, previously unsolvable problems at high speeds. At the quantum level, objects act differently. Quantum objects can teleport, entangle, or occupy different spaces at the same time. Welcome to the show, Adelina. Hi, Kirsi. Thank you so much for introducing me. I personally find quantum computing to be fascinating, so I'm so excited to share with all our listeners today about this field. Yeah, and we're so excited to hear from you. So let's just start with a simple question. What exactly is quantum computing? Yeah, so quantum computing is a field dedicated to harnessing quantum mechanical properties for computing purposes. Now, it turns out that at the quantum scale, we're talking about the size of electrons, quantum objects become subject to a different set of properties than objects we can encounter on a daily basis, like cars we drive, boxes we push, or balls we throw. For instance, we can determine the exact trajectory of a car over time, including what position it will be at and how fast it will be traveling at. But we can't do the same for quantum objects. And this is because quantum objects can occupy multiple spaces at the same time. We call this property quantum superposition. Quantum superposition is just one of the many weird quantum mechanical properties. Quantum objects can also teleport, known as quantum teleportation, or become entangled and share the same spaces, known as quantum entanglement. When properties like quantum superposition, teleportation, and entanglement are harnessed from quantum objects for computational purposes, we can actually store exponentially more data and pursue parallel computation. This forms the foundation of quantum computing, where quantum objects are used as quantum bits, or what we call qubits, in the quantum computers, in the same way classical computers use classical bits to store information. Wow, that's fascinating. I never knew that much about quantum computing. I feel like I've always heard the term, like, so many times, Mm -hmm. but I've never actually, like, known the definition of it. So, uh, we, we all know that quantum computing kind of is, like, really famous these days. So, like, why exactly is quantum computing, like, why is it receiving so much attention? 
Yeah, so over the last few years, quantum computing has been gaining a lot of attention for some recent developments, especially in the quantum hardware side and in the quantum error correction side. So in the past, there has been a large gap between what problems quantum computing could theoretically address, essentially what its applications are, and what the quantum computers could actually run. Since quantum objects like electrons would need to be placed in a very particular noise-free environment in order to be useful, the computers need to be carefully built to create that noise-free environment. Quantum computers were just not there yet. Quantum computers could not have over 27 qubits, and the qubits would lose information to the noisy environment, resulting in many calculation errors as well. However, in the recent years, companies like IBM and Microsoft have dedicated an immense amount of resources to developing the hardware necessary for quantum computing. They now have quantum computers with over 100 qubits and quantum error correction techniques built in and these computers are available for public use. This allows for much more complex quantum algorithms to be run with much higher accuracy rates. So everyone wants to flock into this field and essentially go ahead and develop some algorithms and address some real world problems. Wow, it seems like you really know your stuff because I know when you, I definitely don't know this much about quantum computing and quantum particles and qubits. It's all like really fuzzy for me. So I'm really glad that we're doing this show and talking about quantum computing and educating so many people on this. Like the average person definitely doesn't know about this. So like, how would you use quantum computing? Like, what what are some applications of it? What is it used for? Some notable applications of quantum computing to look out for are in cybersecurity, chemistry, and finance. So in cybersecurity, a few years ago, he, Peter Shore, Professor Peter Shore from MIT demonstrated how quantum computing holds the potential to do large prime number factorization. And if you guys are not familiar what this might be applied for, this actually forms the basis of RSA encryption. As a result, this um, ability of quantum computing to conduct large prime number factorization poses a huge risk for current cybersecurity tactics. And as a result, there has been a push for extensive research to be done into post-quantum era cryptography. There's already been many quantum classical cryptography algorithms developed to enhance cybersecurity, and the government continues to put a lot of funding into supporting quantum research in cybersecurity. Quantum computing also holds immense potential in chemistry to develop chemical simulations. If you think about it, both quantum computing and chemistry ultimately deals with the behavior of atoms and ions and also molecules. As such, it turns out that it is actually much more efficient to simulate chemistry with quantum computing compared to classical computers. And there is a lot of work being done in developing these quantum chemical simulations for drug discovery. And one of the last fields that quantum computing has been used a lot for is finance. Um, although this intersection between quantum computing and finance may seem strange on the surface, there's actually a lot of ways that quantum computing can be used. For example, quantum computing holds immense potential for optimization tasks, such as finding optimal investment strategies or doing risk assessment with faster simulation of complex financial scenarios or even quantitative analysis, where there are difficult differential equations that need to be solved that can't really be done in a reasonable amount of time with classical computers. 
Wow. Like, it's so fascinating to hear about, like, how different classical computing is from quantum computing and, like, how important quantum computing is. Because, like, it's so much faster than classical computing. And how you use it is so different. Like, I never knew about the connection between, like, quantum computing and chemistry and, like, the fact that that can make drugs. Like, that is so... That's, that's just revolutionary. So let's talk a little bit about you. I know oh, like a lot of teens don't like hear the word quantum computing and think it's like, oh, it's like complicated math and science and you'll have to like do a bunch of research and it's so hard to understand. So like what, what compelled you to go so deep into this topic? Like what about quantum computing kind of captured your attention? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I actually first heard about quantum computing at one of my school's computer science club workshops on quantum computing. And one of the topics they discussed was about a thought experiment called Schrodinger's cat, which is for the quantum superposition phenomena we talked about a few minutes ago. In the thought experiment, there is essentially a box which contains a cat as well as a separate glass jar with poisonous gas in it. Then the box is sealed, and when the box is sealed, the jar may either release the poisonous gas, killing the cat, or not. However, there is no way for us to know whether the poisonous gas is released or not when the box is closed. As a result, we can say that the cat is actually in a state of both being dead and alive at the same time, until we open the box and observe the cat's actual state. This is actually the same manner that quantum objects work in. Um, quantum objects can occupy multiple this, multiple states at the same time, but only upon observation by an outside individual does it actually collapse to a single state, which means that there is actually no way to see a quantum object in a superposition. And this entire thought experiment captivated me because it was so different than what we experience in our daily life. It's pretty much impossible to be in two places at the same time in our regular daily life. But the fact that quantum objects like electrons can do this really captivated my attention. Yeah, like I can definitely see how interesting that is. I've definitely heard of like the Schrodinger's cat thing and like, oh, is the cat inside the box dead or alive? Mm -hmm. Like, it's so fascinating. Like, it sounds like magic, you know, like something... So anything, something being in two places at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's just so interesting to hear about. It really makes you want to go deeper into it. Mm -hmm. So how exactly did you learn quantum computing? Because like, you know, it sounds like something more college level, like maybe you'd have to get like some kind of major in college, some undergraduate mm -hmm. something like how you, you're still in high school. So how did you do this? Yeah, so it's really amazing how many resources there are out on the internet to essentially learn about any topic nowadays. All you really have to do is to dig and find them, right? So nowadays, I feel like there's no longer a need to actually go to a college only to learn about a topic. You can learn it from home at any age. So for me, I wanted to learn more after I attended the workshop. So I looked 
towards online resources as well as online classes for more of a community of learners. So in particularly, I constantly peruse IBM's quantum textbook called the Kiskit textbook, which teaches basic quantum computing very, very well. And it doesn't require you to have much previous knowledge, either in math or in computer science, which I thought was really cool because it provided a very low entry barrier for me to learn as a high schooler. I also took a few courses um, that were tailored more towards the high school audience. Uh, one of them was called Qubit by Qubit's Introduction to Quantum Computing course, and the other one was University of Amsterdam's Quantum Quest. And I think both of these courses really helped me solidify my quantum computing fundamental knowledge. Um, there are also many quantum computing opportunities out there that are not restricted to individuals above high school or um so as a high schooler i could participate in them one of these such opportunities is ibm's quantum challenges so i really do want to appreciate how many opportunities companies are trying to make that are not restricted to certain age especially in a field like quantum computing that is rapidly growing yeah like it's so fascinating because if you think about quantum computing like you wouldn't think that you could do that as a high schooler, but if you actually like look into it and do some research, you could actually find so many resources. And like that IBM textbook, it's so cool because you don't need any, if like a, like a small amount of knowledge about computer science and math, which is not something people would normally expect. Like something official like IBM making a textbook that doesn't require you to have any fancy quantum computing knowledge beforehand. Like, that sounds awesome. So thank you for, like, telling us all of this stuff, because I'm sure there are so many high schoolers out there who want to learn quantum computing, and they don't know where to go for that. So, you in your bio, you I did say that you did so many research projects in quantum computing. So how exactly did you get involved in those research projects and how long have you been doing them? So I knew I always wanted to pursue research as I really enjoyed reading specifically scientific material and research papers and figuring out how I could expand or improve the work. And I also knew that I wanted to continue exploring quantum computing at a much deeper level than the basics, which I was learning in my online resources and classes. So while I was searching for opportunities, I quickly found that professors doing quantum computing research at any university expected a much more extensive quantum computing background than I had to offer at the time. So instead, I looked around for high school research programs near me that offered quantum computing research. And I would say I got really lucky and I got connected with my current research advisor, Dr. McMahon, who has been leading quantum physics and quantum computing research groups at a high school research program called Aspiring Scholars Directed Research Program. And since then, I've been conducting and now I'm leading the project in his quantum computing group for over two years now. And my research project for these past few years has been in quantum machine learning for drug discovery, where we developed a model to generate potentially feasible drug candidate molecules. I will say I am definitely really lucky, especially since I joined right as the group had wrapped up a previous project. So I was really able to propose and develop this research project with my team while incorporating my interests as well. Yeah, that like sounds so interesting. 
that like you actually look into like what professors are specialized in quantum computing and like look at the programs which allow high school students to do this kind of research it's fascinating and i'm sure our listeners are really enjoying hearing about this so why did you like choose to have this research topic of quantum machine learning improving drug discovery yeah, so my group's previous research project was also in quantum machine learning, actually. So everyone in my group prior to me joining had become very experienced in both quantum computing and machine learning. And they also enjoyed working in the intersection of both. For me personally, I had been exploring machine learning on the side um, of quantum computing, and I really enjoyed both of the fields. So I was very intrigued by the idea of combining both of them. So as a group, based on these two sides of things, we decided that we wanted to continue in quantum machine learning. But instead of exploring a, um, we were, but instead we were going to explore a different machine learning model. In our case, previously they were exploring a convolutional neural network. But now we were trying to switch our research project to focusing on a different model called the Generative Adversarial Network. And now that we had formulated a idea, right, the quantum machine learning model, Generative Adversarial Network, we actually needed an application for it. And for me personally, I was really interested in chemistry and drug discovery in addition to quantum machine learning. So I proposed that idea of applying the model to chemistry and everyone thought that was really cool. And that was a rapidly growing field that we found in our literature reviews of other people's research. So we decided that we were gonna push for it and continue on that topic. Wow, it's like so interesting to hear about a high schooler who's like doing this much because you're actually creating research topics like quantum computing and chemistry that like people haven't really delved deep into yet. Like that's a really big thing because you're like kind of changing ish. Like you're making differences in the field of quantum computing, even though you're still in high school. That's really awesome to hear. So just to like wrap this segment up, what do you see for the future of quantum computing and what do you think is will be your role in it when you go into college when you graduate when you get a job maybe if you do research in the future like what do you think how do you think you'll impact the future of quantum computing yeah so in the future i see quantum computers becoming stable and noise free enough to run large quantum algorithms and quantum machine learning models and quantum computing specifically being used to address problems that can't be solved by classical computers or supercomputers in a reasonable time span. Normally, that is referring to essentially the span of humans on Earth. Um, so one really common misconception is that quantum computers will essentially replace our everyday laptops or everyday desktops. But in reality, quantum computers are meant as a replacement or to be used to solve all types of computing problems. Quantum computers are being developed to solve problems where there's actually a significant speed up or a quantum advantage, as opposed to using classical computers. Now, some of these notable examples would be, for example, large prime number factorization, which we previously discussed, or complex traveling salesman problems where an individual must find the shortest path to a destination in a very complex network. So there's ultimately no point in spending extra resources to make quantum computers accessible for everyday tasks, given that classical computers are already 
highly optimized and quantum computing wouldn't really make them faster. As for my role in quantum computing, I really enjoy pursuing research right now, especially in an intersection of fields, quantum computing with machine learning and chemistry altogether. So moving forward, I would love to continue conducting research in quantum computing, maybe also with machine learning, but I definitely like the application too, like the life sciences. So that is definitely my role that I envision myself kind of embodying. Obviously, set to change depending on college, but I would love to delve deeper in this field since I see a lot of potential and so much growth for this field altogether. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's so awesome that you have you clearly planned out and you like ready to go to college. Like, it's so awesome to hear that you're so passionate about this topic. And I hope a lot of our listeners are too. So, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this segment, but be sure to check out Adelina's website at adelinachow.com and her LinkedIn, Adelina C. Boutine. Make sure to check out our radio site at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com, buy books and t-shirts in our store, and make a donation to BTSYA at www.bethestoreyouare.org. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm your host, Judy. And today's topic is going to be quantum computing. Right now, we have our reporter, Lori. Hi, everybody. Uh, how y'all doing? Um, I'm doing good. You're doing pretty well? That's good to hear. Um, so, um, 
quickly, I'll just introduce myself. My name is Rory, and my segment is called The Breakdown. And today, I will be discussing some of the more negative impacts of quantum computing, as my peers have talked about the myriad possibilities that are forthcoming when it comes to the field of quantum computing. And I do agree that there are a lot of things to be excited about. And at the same time, I do think that there is a downside to quantum computing as we society need to be equally vigilant about and aware of. We need to make sure that some of the risks of quantum computing don't outweigh the benefits. We are always trying to advance technology, which is a beneficial thing generally. However, we also have to consider the moral and ethical implications of technology, as well as the effects of technology upon our national security. One of the biggest concerns to think about when it comes to quantum computing is that it can and will likely render all of our current cybersecurity and encryption useless. Here's the thing. Quantum computing will be able to crack encryption on everything from banking transactions and confidential emails to things like the blockchain. And to quickly define blockchain, it is basically the technology that is used to record transactions made in like Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency you can think of. And it's maintained across several computers that are linked in a peer-to-peer -peer network. Basically, computer scientists are scientists are actively working on something called post-quantum cryptography. But this is years away at this point. And according to a recent article in Forbes, even though there is a minimal threat that everyday criminals will be able to gain access to quantum computing at this time in order to break through current encryption, basically nation states that have way more power, way more resources are, are at the forefront of research in quantum computing. And if we do not figure out how to... Uh, defend our current systems from being attacked by, let's say, other nations and, you know, maybe some of these larger, wealthier criminals, then it could be really, really bad for our society. Another disadvantage to quantum computing is the fact that quantum computers are incredibly, incredibly expensive and difficult to build and maintain. Quantum computers require very unique parts that aren't mass produced the way regular computer parts are. Therefore, these parts are much more difficult to obtain and much more expensive due to there being a lesser demand for them, which basically means they are in a constant short supply. And according to an article from the June 2022 issue of Tech Evaluate, Basically, the hardware needed to manufacture a working quantum computer would cost tens of billions of dollars. This means quantum computing would really only be accessible to the wealthiest people in the world, and more likely, the largest corporations such as IBM, Amazon, Google, you name it. And basically, smaller companies and startups will never be able to source the capital to invest in quantum computing, at least in the foreseeable future. More concerning, another challenge to quantum computing is that quantum computers have to be kept at a temperature of absolute zero, which is basically negative 270 Celsius degrees Celsius or negative 454 Fahrenheit, which is literally 0 0.02 degrees away from absolute zero. And if you don't know what absolute zero is, basically absolute zero is the concept that once 
all like atoms or particles uh, reach a certain temperature, they just stop moving. So you can imagine how cold that really needs to be. And in order to main st maintain the stability of these quantum computers, they need to be technically at this temperature for the most part. And unfortunately, this makes them very vulnerable to outside factors such as external temperature. So they need to be kept in an isolated environment in order to have consistent temperature control. Advanced Thermal Solutions Inc. basically states on their website that the computers have to be kept in a specialized dilution refrigerators that are often the size of large rooms and they use liquid helium as a coolant. So as many of us learned in science class, as I said before, keeping things at a cold temperature, it drastically slows down the movement of particles. And so in this situation, if there is less movement of atoms and molecules, then less energy is brought into the system, which allows the computer to remain more stable. Because, well, we all know if a computer system heats up too much, boom, it's done. It also states on the ATS website that quantum computing needs to be protected from external sound because even the slightest outside noise can disrupt its superposition basically the way it's set up which is really the main benefit of quantum computing is that there's so much that is there to be set up that it allows it to run faster and is probably the best computing power we have seen but unfortunately the fact that these systems are so volatile basically meaning that anything from a small vibration to a slight change in temperature to even the tiniest movement could honestly throw everything off and cause a breakdown in this computing system, which makes it a much more difficult process to sustain, which again translated, translates it to not being as accessible for everyone. Lastly, I'd like to quickly state that before I state this, um, as we know, cyberbullying is a very big issue in modern in modern times. And basically, this segment is going to be talking about how quantum computing is kind of going to probably bolster that. So basically, I think everybody knows at this point what artificial intelligence is. Um, like, it'll be better for the most part, but basically quantum computers will enable us to move up several levels when it comes to the quality of artificial intelligence. AI is already as advanced, like it are very advanced, but quantum computing will raise the bar for AI standards substantially. And just like my previously mentioned concerns regarding encryption, more advanced AI could facilitate the spread of disinformation and more realistic deepfakes. Basically, Deep fakes are when someone's face or body has been changed digitally, digitally to make them appear to be someone else. This process is often used on social media platforms such as Instagram or TikTok to spread misinformation. And this would create a problem for everyone, but it would be especially problematic for young adults who primarily use social media platforms as their main source of news. And whilst that might not be the best way to get your information, it is a way that people are getting information. And so that creates a problem in understanding what is real versus what is not real. Um, basically, advanced AI could also cause an even bigger problem with things like identity theft. Currently, when we are put on hold, let's say for 
uh, customer service for, let's say, banks, credit card details, anything concerning cell phones, cell phone companies, and even just your simple catalog website. You often hear them advertise being able to spend less time on hold and having an easier time accessing your account and accessing customer service representatives if you allow them to make a voice print of your voice. And that essentially is giving a part of your identity away and it's going to be stored in their system forever. And if you think about it, let's say that system gets hacked. Now some random person somewhere in the world has your identity, which can be used in for terrible ways. And that part of your identity can be manipulated especially something like your voice they can make you say things that you never said and quantum computing as powerful it is as it is could drastically improve their abilities to create such fake vocal afflictions and such um also another really really big issue is that as I said before, cyberbullying is a very big issue. And unfortunately, with quantum computing, if it ever became a thing that society uses in general, basically, another issue is that people can create deep fakes of other peers and other students, and they can make it seem like they said or did actions that they never did. And that is very scary, considering that people's futures are at stake. And there are a lot of legal processes involved in making sure that these kids are seen for what they actually do and not what is generated. But when real and fake becomes more blurred, it can become increasingly harder to figure out um, how these people act, how these people talk and what they actually do versus what they do not do. Yeah, I definitely agree with that because it's, when you when you can fake things like that because we rely on like evidence video evidence photo evidence like that's something we rely on a lot to and it can change people's lives so if there are technologies like ai and quantum computing that can help you make like realistic videos of people saying things they didn't say doing things they didn't do it's really scary so we've talked about some of the positive aspects of quantum computing or any like what downsides do you see in this new technology what we see is as i stated before basically to sum it up you know we have seen you know such technological advancements that are very impressive but the downsides clearly are cyberbullying possible encryption breaches that could honestly dis disrupt and probably destruct lots of societies, maybe in smaller countries or even larger countries. You know, you see deep fakes and like all these videos that can be created of maybe people like top officials. And then, you know, people start to know like, or people actually do not know what is real versus what is not real. And living in such a confusing world where you really don't know what is real anymore on the internet, it can cause a lot of commotion, anxiety, and stress. And it's not good for the well-being of people if you know this technology let's say goes into the wrong hands or if people's identity gets stolen essentially in an instant due to the fact that quantum computers are really that powerful yeah definitely like i feel like these revolutionary discoveries and new technologies 
can either like make or break our world and there's like a really high chance that it can kind of ruin everything because it's so powerful like power is not always a good thing so once quantum computers are more prevalent and you know more well known in our society because obviously if it's such a new technology such a transformative technology eventually people are gonna have to understand it and know what it is will everyone have access to these incredible quantum computers or will they what do you think that they're gonna still be stuck with the classical computing that we have right now well, I mean, you can look, take a look at the school systems for an example. Um, we have a lot of advanced technology now, too, even without quantum computing being involved in the conversation. And still, a lot of schools, they don't have technology at all. Or if they do, a lot of it is old generation Chromebooks that aren't very, let's say, useful in a learning setting because of how slow they are. And so... When you think about it that way, you really look at the grand scheme of things. Even now, quantum computing is just an I like it's essentially an idea, and very few people have access to the whole quantum computing setup, the whole f the the funds to be able to purchase the parts for such a thing. So, unfortunately, right now, and probably even maybe fifteen twenty years into the future people really still won't have access to quantum computing as it's still some really uh, it's still a very unresearched new technology and then once it does become an official product that people can buy it will take years and years for people to actually have like let's say handheld quantum computers sitting in their laps because of the intricate system that uh is required to run one yeah like i have a school computer and it's like really really slow like it would be awesome if i could just replace it with some magical handheld quantum computer but unfortunately quantum <laughs> computing is a really 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 complicated subject so yeah. it's gonna take quite a bit for that to happen Unfortunately, we're out of time for today's show. Thank you so much for doing this segment for us, Rory. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our voice and medical empowerment crew, especially our audio engineer, Jordan. Thanks to our guests from all across the world, and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about Be The Star You Are charity, visit www.bethestarur.org. Find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio. Quantum computing is more important to our world than you think it is. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you